0: Hi, it's Heike and I'm glad that you are here today. We have an expert here with us today on the podcast that talks about estate planning. And you may scratch your head and saying, Heike, I don't need to do this. I'm not old yet or I don't have a lot of stuff. But it is important that we're planning ahead for when we get incapacitated Or we need somebody to take the reins for us if we're not that healthy and we can communicate that. So it's not only about when we die, but everybody needs to know, as my kids found out when their dad died, it is super important to write it all down and have it legally signed and sealed, so to speak. So there is not even a question of what's going to happen with your estate, no matter how little or how big your estate is. My estate was a townhouse and a car, so I thought I never would qualify for estate planning, but boy, was I wrong. Before we dive into today's episode, I want you to take a peek at the Fasted and Fit Over 50 Club membership. This membership has exercise classes starting at five minutes up to 20 minutes for all levels, but it's primarily geared towards somebody who is just starting out to exercise, or and somebody who hasn't exercised in a long time, but wants to get back now that the kids are gone. So I will leave a link in the show notes for you to take a peek and the first three classes are for free so you can test it out and see if it's right for you. So let's dive in to today's episode. I'm Heike Yates, a fitness and nutrition coach with 30 years of experience. I empower empty nester moms over 50 to take back their health and strength to feel vibrant in their second half of life. Right now you're joined by thousands of empty nester moms around the world who stop dimming their light and instead ignite their spark. On this podcast, I do what I do best, taking complicated information about fitness, nutrition, and mindset strategies and breaking it down into baby steps that are simple, actionable, and reliable so you can implement them into your life. I regularly interview some of the most inspiring guests who share their honest stories on how they went from their worst to their best in life, so that you know you're not alone in your struggles. Join me as we redefine what aging looks and feels like by taking action and saying, Yes, I can. This is to Pursue Your spark. Hello everybody. Today I have a guest and friend and her name is Ify Ibekwe and she's a estate planning attorney. And we all want to look as we look ahead as we get older we're thinking oh what am I going to do? And she's the expert on how to leave a legacy through estate planning. Welcome to the
1: show Ify. Thank you so much for having me. Heike. I'm so excited to be here. You know guys,
0: Ify and I have met before at summer camp. That's right. People are like, what? You went to summer camp? Well, not that far back, because I've only been here in the U.S. for 30 years. But Ify was a presenter at summer camp. And it was so nice to meet her and hear about talking about what we're talking about today. And so I'm so excited that she's here.
1: I'm excited to be here. And I can't believe the summer camp was, what, a year ago?
0: It was. When we met? Pen- yeah. Yes at least a year ago. And it was so much fun. And I still love the t-shirt we all got. I still wear mine. (laughs) I do too. (laughs) So comfortable. And so I wanted to make sure that, you know, we all have such busy lives and schedules. And Ify as an estate planning attorney is busting her booty. And I saw a lot of her stories on Instagram. And I said, you got to come on my show. And what I want you to tell us, Ify, is where did you start? Introduce yourself to where
1: you are now. Wherever you want to start. I was born on a Sunday at 10 p.m. No, oh, <laughs> No, no. You're like no, no, not that far. <laughs> Don't go in utero. I, um, I'm a, well. I'll tell you professionally. I'm a lawyer. I've been practicing law for 15 years, and I, for the first 11 years of my career worked for large nonprofit organizations. I did education law. I did business law contracts, that kind of thing. And along the way, I got married. I had four kids, seven and under. And I also own my own practice where I have four employees. And so it's a very busy, rich life. We recently moved to Bentonville, Arkansas, from Austin, Texas, where my business is still based because we wanted to have more access to nature and to milder climate and gardening and space. Um, don't know if you've heard about Austin. It is too cool for us. And, and not cold, but too cool. Ooh, I hear. <laughs> everybody, Only... wants to, everybody wants to live there. So it was time for us to go. And so yeah. we moved to Bentonville, Arkansas.
0: How long have you been there, Ify?
1: Uh, this is our eighth month okay. in Bentonville.
0: Oh, cool. That's very fun. That's very exciting. And I understand the need for more space and less cool people, but more down to earth and yes,
1: enjoying life with
0: the kids too.
1: Yes, they aren't going downtown. They're not going to bars and to live music festivals. So I was like, why are we here paying these rates? Let's go somewhere that's Family friendly in this phase of life. And that, that was that, I mean, honestly, that part is just having freedom to make decisions like that is very liberating and something about COVID just making everything so centered with being around your little set of people made that a lot easier to make that decision because my son wasn't going to school every day. He was on virtual school. And so we could move and go. And and it was like this magic moment that we seized.
0: Yeah, you know, a lot of people have changed the way they're doing things. Some have quit jobs, others like you have moved. I am revamping my business as we just talked earlier before the interview and making changes to live a better, fuller life and not run around and go crazy.
1: Yes, absolutely. But
0: your business as an attorney is not a garden variety of estate planning. What what type what what do you do now? What is it that you're passionate about?
1: Yes, I you know, I'm really passionate about helping breadwinning women. I s- recently came to that clarity because I, I I think I didn't want to say the word because it's so repelling to some people. It sounds like you hate men. Everything is always centered around men, first of all. And so I I kept thinking, who are these people that I want to serve? I want to I want my practice not to be we help people you know, when times get tough, you know, you need to plan in place. I didn't want it to be something like that. I wanted to say, I want to work with women. And then even more specifically, I want to work with a breadwinning woman, not necessarily that she is the highest earner in the family or the sole earner, but anyone who identifies it as such. And I want them to, to, to be able to make decisions for their bodies, for their property, for their children, um, for their businesses in an informed way. And that's what I do with how I do my my law practice. It's more than here are the forms you need. It really is. And here's why you're doing that. And historically, here's why you maybe haven't done it. But let's move forward because this is something that you make the decision for and nobody else can do it for you. And I, and I love that I'm skilled enough to do that part with the legal um, and, and show women the way that way.
0: Oh, this is so important. I remember a couple of years back, we did our will and estate planning and I had no clue how much work they got in all of this and all the stuff that's involved with this. And I was always like, you know, I've been a single mom for so long. I don't have anything. I have a house and I have a car. And the kids, my kids were, who are 30 and 33. Mm-hmm. They said, mom, you gotta do something. Even if it's just the house because when dad died, my first husband, it was a mess. And he was an attorney. And so
1: <laughs> it can be a mess and ex- an expensive mess. Sometimes
0: expensive. That's what they said, too. Now, let's pivot a little bit. You say about yourself that you're too much for many people. What does that mean?
1: Oh, I think that we should all embrace more of that, especially for women. Um, I think this idea of being lukewarm where you don't say everything, but you don't say you say just a little, but you don't really want to offend because you don't want to be clear and in what you're saying and make a decision is something that has paralyzed me for many years is, oh, I can't say that or I can't say this or. Don't put yourself out there too much. Don't show off. Or maybe there are people who are offended that you're always talking about children. Maybe they get, you know, you start playing these stories in your mind about why you need to muzzle yourself. And consequently, as I, I'm i turning 40 this year, so I think it's a big marker in my life. I'm so excited. <laughs> Because now I I realize I'm not for everybody, just like everybody isn't for me. And that's, I don't lose sleep over that at night. And so that's more of what I want to call out of people, especially women, is you're going to repel some people. That's okay. You're already repelling them being, being meek and being, you know, guarded. That why not be your full self? Because you will get people who appreciate you, and there will be some that that don't jibe with you, and that's okay. It's actually okay. Nothing happens. So I say that just as a, a liberating, like come and go at your own free will. There, you, this is not an airport. You don't have to announce your departure or your displeasure. You know, so I think that's just come with age, though, for me, honestly, and stepping more into my own skin and being okay with it. Yeah, I felt this. I mean, I
0: turned 60 this year and I felt this literally with every decade that at 40 I stepped into my new and my 50s. And now my 60s, I'm looking around and I'm saying, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not gonna put up with this anymore. And I'm even after all these years, you still keep finding your voice and like you said, you know, repel some people, but you also draw the people in with your honesty and what you really are about.
1: Right. And it just feels that. better. It feels like your fuller self.
0: I agree. Now, you as an attorney, you have an entrepreneurship as a black woman, mm-hmm. and you select uh neglected demographics in estate planning and estate planning to build a legacy. And you just recently did a campaign where you handed out or shared, or I don't know how to say that it was right, <laughs> but you you, you gave your services to people in need. Tell us a little bit more about that.
1: Right. So last summer, um, the summer of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement really coming to a precipice in this country with George Floyd's murder and Breonna Taylor, and just the it just seemed like every other day there was something in the news and the country was just in a swell. I just had a newborn. I had a baby. And so I'm not gonna go out and protest. And I'm not a protesting type anyway. I really do think that one of the ways that I can move um, any kind of social justice movement is with my skill set. And That is helping people in wealth protection, asset protection, um, strategies for growing um, wealth and maintaining their uh, agency in decision making, whether it's for their health. That's how I contribute, right? If you do this, you're going to set up the next generation. That's going to set up the next generation. So it's generational building. And so I ended up doing a giveaway. And I gave away four estate plans to Black people in the community because 80%, by some estimations, of Black people do not have any kind of estate planning done. Mm -hmm. 70% of most Americans don't. I mean, it's not far, but it's a little bit worse. And so I thought, this is one thing I can do to support this movement. I'm going to give away some estate plans. And so I did a, a giveaway and I got about 40 something. Applicants. I also had other attorneys volunteer to give away estate plans through their practices as well. And so we ended up in the Austin area giving away 10 free estate plans to the 40 something people who applied and it wasn't necessarily need based. But people had compelling reasons. For example, they had elderly parents they were taking care of or just different scenarios that were really kind of cool to help with, just to encourage them in that. And I did that again this year because when I talk about underserved or um, underprivileged demographics in the estate planning, it's not what people think. It's not just, oh, Black people. It really is. Usually, it's just not, not white men who have money. Because those are the people who are the clients for large firms and they estate plan generationally. So then they do it for their kids and their kids and their kids. There's no real um, urgency in helping the larger population do this. And consequently, billions of dollars are lost each year to taxes and property having to be auctioned off and fighting and lawyers fees from, from conflicts and trying to close down people's estates without instruction. And so my goal is to reach that demographic because the the ones being served are fine. They've been served for many hundreds of years, usually in some of these families. And now this is a tool that we can all use. And that's my goal is to to make that normal. I'm actually writing a book about it to normalize that so that you think you need one and, and all of that.
0: And you can have one. It's not that the rich people can have one. Like I was thinking, who am I? Little Heike, I have one townhouse and a car that I own. It still would have been a huge mess if I would have just keeled over and died because the kids were like, well, you know, here's the legal. Now I know about some of the legal steps that I can remember of what would have happened. Yes. And once you, from my experience, once you start planning your estate, and it sounds so grandiose when you say estate. Well, I had a three-bedroom townhouse. That's yes, my estate. This <laughs> is my estate. It's it's not as expensive as when we did it uh, two years ago because we had amassed on a second marriage. We had another house and we had all mm-hmm. the other things. And so suddenly it was this whole binder I got with yes. all the stuff in there. And I said, I wish I started earlier.
1: Yeah. And we all have an estate. And we all have an estate plan if you don't do anything your state already has something called intestacy laws which are how your property will be divided if you don't create your own guideline and so you really do need an asset distribution document that's according to your wishes so that you don't have to go by the state's wishes because Mm -hmm. you chose not to do anything it might not go to who you want it to go to
0: good point was a good 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 estate and they're like thank you very much now we got yes. your house now we got your land goodbye exactly. yeah yeah now iffy why did you become a lawyer
1: hmm you know this is a great question i never wanted to be a lawyer i didn't grow up knowing lawyers in my family in fact my dad was a physician And I grew up in the Middle East. I grew up in Dubai and in Saudi Arabia and Doha, Qatar. And my dad taught at medical schools in the Middle East before coming to teach in Houston at the University of Houston Medical Center. And um, all of his friends were doctors. So I just assumed I'd be a pediatrician or a neonatologist. And by the junior year of college, I hated everything about pre-med, chemistry, organic chemistry, genetics. you know, physics, all the things you had to take were the most boring classes. And I remember 9-11 happened and my brother came to visit me at the University of Texas where I was a student. And he said, and I was just having a crisis of what am I going to do? And he said, you love to argue. Why don't you become a judge? And I was like, oh, what is this? What does it, it take is to adorable. be a judge? And he said, uh, I mean, that's all he said. I mean, he's just saying it based on my personality. And that's what triggered my realizing there was no prerequisite to become a lawyer. And I could just take a test. And I took a test, got into a wonderful school, same school I was in at, at the University of Texas in Austin. And the rest is history. I, I thought, oh, well, OK, if I'm not going to become a doctor, I, my parents are both teachers. My dad's a doctor who teaches. My mom's a teacher. I'll do education law. I mean, this is not thought out. And that's what I did for the first you know, season of my career. It's just that. I worked for school districts, um, doing a lot of trainings for school leadership. And then I went in-house and started doing more business law stuff. And so it actually worked out pretty well, but I didn't have a plan, considering I'm an estate planner. I did not have a plan for this. Now, when did that
0: pivot? When did you say, okay, this is really where my passion is. I want to do that
1: instead of... I hated this class in law school. I just thought it's for stuffy rich old people who have a lot of money. What does it mean for the regular person? And so it wasn't a class that I enjoyed or particularly did well in. And um, I ended up getting fired from my job of 10 years. And they fired kept, you. They fired old? me. I was a what? I was a beloved attor- um, attorney there. I do believe that that people really enjoy me. In fact, a lot of them have become my clients as a estate planner. But I kept my children there at their on site daycare, and one of the moms said, "Hey, I'm a I work with financial planners, and one of the lawyers that we work with is putting the wrong names on the wills at the signing. Do you do wills?" And I remember like Clara Bell wow. thinking, "I do now because if you can get referral business." like that i bet i could do that and then that's what i started learning about it and at first it was just this is what you need this is what you need more of like a commodity and then i really started getting into talking to people about their stories and how what had led them to that point and what their goals are for their family and their fears and how we can use this system to to address that and and the rest is history (laughs)
0: <laughs> I love that. It's almost, it sounds like a spontaneous
1: moment. You're like, yep, yes. this is what's happening. I like this. Let's go. <laughs> yes. Cause I was one, I wanted to leave the law. I felt so humiliated um, about how my exit was going and I was never, I've never been fired in my life. And honestly, it felt like a personal failing even though I know lots of people who've been fired and I never think, oh yes, you failed. But when it's you, you're like, oh, you, I understand for you, but for me, no. And so I was gonna leave the practice of law. And so this came in as a, as a life jacket to, to rescue me. And I took, I took the bait and, and I loved it.
0: That's amazing. That's amazing. I love that story. What does an estate planning attorney actually do for you? For, for if I say, if he, I need this done, what, what do you do for people? And how did you, in uh, the same thing, how do you get started? If I come to you and I say, I got my little estate of townhouse and a mm-hmm. car, what now? And what do you well, do? Well,
1: I'll start by saying every single state has different laws, right? So ah. you first need to go to a lawyer in your state. I'm licensed in Texas, soon to be Arkansas. But the first thing you do is you find a lawyer and book a consultation, and sit down and talk about what your goals are, right? You want to talk about whether you'd be a good fit. And if you decide Mm -hmm. to go forward with them, they're going to help you set up your life in such a way that you're leaving instructions for what to do, not only upon death, which is what I think a lot of people think estate planning is, but in the case of an incapacitation, Like uh, an injury that doesn't allow you to make decisions for yourself or long-term illness where you no longer can take care of yourself. Who do you want to help you in those scenarios? How do you want to pay for that? How do you align it with long-term care insurance if you've purchased that or disability insurance? Estate planning is not the financial part in the life insurance or retirement money, but it works in concert with those pieces to fund certain things that can help you even while you're alive. For example, if you set up a living trust, that trust fund, right? It's a trust fund. It means it's a pocket of assets, whether that is your home or cash or money or um, whatever you used to fund it. And sometimes it's not funded until death. An estate planning attorney helps talk you through why you might want to look into something about like that and how it can benefit you while you're alive. And then your loved ones, children's, charities, um, causes when you passed away. And so it's a complicated area of the law, but the, the I, and I think because it's so hard to explain exactly what it is, I like to say it's like having a plan for your life. Mm-hmm. And giving someone a book of instructions while I'm alive, if something happens, here are your instructions. When I pass away, if something happens, here are your instructions. And going with that. Um, that way, if someone is grieving you, if you pass away, they're not thinking, "What? where are your bank accounts? And who's supposed to get what? And how do you want us to deal with your China You can give instructions for all of that so they can grieve. Or if you're hurt and they say, well, mom wants me to take care of her. Well, I think that I should take care of them. You say, I want this child to take care of my physical health and this child can take care of the finances. There, everyone has a role, right? So the the family doesn't have to break up over disagreements. That's what estate planning really does. It preserves your wishes legally.
0: Is there a a good way to find um, an estate attorney
1: Talk to people around you. Talk to friends and family and ask them who do you know? Have you done this? Who did you use? And then go from there. If you know a lawyer, you might ask them if they have a reference. I tell people, though, when you're looking for an estate planner, because it's such a nuanced area of law and not a lot of people are in that area as lawyers, you don't want to go to someone who does everything. They do bankruptcy, divorce, estate planning, real estate. That's usually a ticket to run. But you want to go to someone who says, I'm an estate planner and I hold myself up to be such here. And you interview them, ask them for examples of what they have um, done in the past with a scenario like yours, how many clients they've had. You ask them and you interview them like you would any professional that you want to hire.
0: Yeah. So don't be shy about this because I was like no. sitting there saying, what, what am I asking this person? I only have a townhouse. It's, yes. it's, I, I literally sat there and I was like, okay, tell me what you do and explain it to me in layman terms.
1: Yes, and don't think that just having a townhouse is nothing, right? You have a townhouse, which is an asset. You have other things within it that you may have emotional attachment to, or maybe one of your children does, or you may have instructions because they they need to know what to do with these things if they don't want it, right? or What your wishes would be about that. And so it really is independent of how much money you think you own or what your asset portfolio looks like. It really is giving guidance to other people so they can help you um, figure out what to do in incapacitation or, or during death. And A lot of people come to me and they'll say, oh, I have a simple estate. Let me tell you, whether they have $8 million or they have $2,000 in the bank, everyone says there's a simple. So it really doesn't mean anything because simple might be, okay, maybe we don't have a lot of cash, but we have kids together. He has kids and I have kids. Who's getting what? That's not simple, even if it's not a lot of money. How do you do that so that you don't have the breakdown of family? Do you disinherit the other uh, spouse's kids that are non-blood children? Um, Or what happens to your kids if you pass away and your spouse remarries? Do you want to talk about what that could look like if they marry someone and start a new family and your children are disinherited? That's independent of how much money you have. If you have a little, you might just want to give it to them, regardless of how little it is. But you have to put that in paper so you don't inadvertently give that, that money to somebody else's family. <laughs> and I laugh because it happens. And people never think that. They're just thinking, oh, I have not much. But, you know,
0: And you, are, you have ideas. You are so right, Iffy, because when we sat down with our estate planner, we um, She asked all these questions and I had no idea that this is just as important when you are alive, probably even more like you addressed it's if you're incapacitated. Well, you can't speak, you had a stroke. Who is the person that's going to be your advocate? Who is the person who calls the medical shots? Who is the person that uh, takes care of your estate and maybe pays you a monthly fee? There was so much in there that I didn't Never thought
1: about. Right. right. Absolutely. I have a friend right now who is a guardian over her father. Um, a conservator in some states. It's like when you take over the physical care and the financial care of somebody else, you might be appointed to be the person that's the point person. And she never signed up for this. (laughs) In fact, because um, her parents were going through divorce, her mother was actually supposed to be the representative. But now that they're in a divorce proceeding, they have to go to court, have another person appointed to be his guardian because they're divorcing. And he's not capable of taking care of himself. And she gets all his mail and all his bills from his business, had to find new service providers for all his clients after he had a a stroke. And she's telling me all of this. And it, it literally, she says, I have binders and binders of documentation, right? It can become a whole other job for people, so why not make it as easy as possible? For first finding somebody who wants to do that, so it's not foisted on somebody else by just doing your paperwork and having the conversation with them, and maybe even leaving them some money to do that for you. it's a lot of work when there aren't instructions. It's a lot of work when there are instructions. So,
0: but once you like you said, you know, I find now when when we had a question just recently, and my husband said, "Go look at the the." the in the, not the invoice um where it's lined out where you find stuff in your binder uh-huh so go to go to section 5 2.2 2, and then you open your book and then you go through and in section 5.5 2.2 oh that's what we need to do right now yeah I mean even though there's a lot of complicated stuff in there I found that when once we did that my kids were like mom you saving us so much heartache, so much money, so much trouble and stress by being clear about this. But they also were clear about we don't want your old dishes.
1: (laughs) Yes. Sometimes they don't want your old dish rags either. Nobody wants your pots and pans sometimes. And that's okay. Tell them what to do with it. Liquidate it. Give it to Aunt Sarah. She loves, you know, crockpots. So you you can be as specific as you want to. And and that's what the whole process is. I just love that as someone who loves planning and and using my planner, I'm a big goal setter and I love to make goals. If that's something that really appeals to you and you haven't done estate planning, I think you might actually enjoy it. But the other thing I want to say is sometimes the reasons that people choose not to, besides not knowing the cost, not being clear about what, exactly it is and how the process might work with a particular lawyer, how long it will take. Do you have to gather all these documents? There's also a trauma response when you've lost a parent or a loved one and gone through having to close down their estate. It's very unpleasant to think, I want to dive into that. Some people immediately get their estate planning done, and then some really do repel from it. Um, And so if you're one of the ones who is just really repelled by the process, acknowledge that that is it's okay and that there are people who can work you work with you through that so that you don't have to take on take on the entire process by yourself
0: yeah because i've heard from clients that whose parents died or a brother of one of my clients they were literally frozen they were so traumatized they they just didn't know what to do at all yeah it's awful. So, yeah. now you mentioned you mentioned a little bit of um Oh, you mentioned that you are a planner. Uh huh. Obviously, you have four kids, and you definitely have your hands full. You have a business, you have a husband. So, how do you create time through in your day to get everything done?
1: Well, I don't get everything done. I I, I have an ongoing list. If I showed it to you, it started probably at the end of 2020. <laughs> there are <laughs> all these things that I want to do that. I have to prioritize, right, what what I need to do for today. One of the ways I do it is I block schedule. I take Mondays off. I don't work on Mondays, but my kids are all at, at school or summer camp in summer on Monday. So it's a great day to just take a slower pace, explore my new town, stay in the garden, read a book, get some chores done around the house, whatever, take a nap. And then um, during my week, I definitely block schedule things um, on my calendar. I don't speak to clients every day. I have now stopped attending all meetings because I don't need to. As my team grows, I start seeing opportunities to let other people grow in their skill set without micromanaging. And that's freed up time to work on the business with respect to even doing podcast interviews i had a goal to do 20 this year i think i'm almost at 40 um and just i my one of my gifts is speaking and in educating and i really enjoy that and so it frees me up to do things that are my best and highest uses of my time and um so yes, I don't get it all done, but I do make sure that within my time frame that I love exercise. So I, I am in a kickboxing class and I love riding my mountain bike or just going on super long walks and listening to a book. I like that physical getting into my body as one of my ways to stay grounded. Um, and I just prioritize that doggedly. You know, I I just
0: saw a picture of your mountain biking group on Instagram. Wait a minute. Let me look at
1: this. (laughs) Yes. I'm part of the Women of Oz in uh, Northwest Arkansas. And it's a huge mountain biking community here. And we get out there and we get on the trails and I wish I could mount a camera because it just seemed like we were posing in the grass. I said, I need to film when we're in the woods going through the trails and all the berms and and all the shredding. It's so much fun. And it's very (laughs) high adrenaline and you have to be focused so you can't be distracted it's just one of those activities you don't want to fall so you can't have your mind distracted by other things it's amazing
0: i love that you're staying, that you're also sharing how you stay fit because people will probably assume she's so busy got four kids she's got no life of her own she's not taking time for herself but you just said no no no
1: Always. um, I think it's it's a great way to model, especially I have three daughters. I want to model what it's like not to lose yourself in motherhood. You know, Mm -hmm. I think a lot of women deny themselves almost as martyrs, just because they're moms and I don't have that. I don't I've never wanted that to be me. And I, I still feel like a full person with with a life, even apart from my children and my husband and interests that they may not have. And I love going to museums and I love to immerse myself in art and nature and and be outside. And so I, I Anywhere I can, I do that. And thankfully, my town allows me to do that. It's free. You know, It's it really is for free. I mean, you have to buy a bike or you have to, if you want to get into certain parts of the museum, buy a membership. But it's nothing that isn't worth it to me. So mm-hmm. that's what I like to do.
0: You know, this is very important, to for our listeners or for my listeners to hear that we are not stuck in a role that somebody gives us or that we inherit or that that is just part of what's always been a mother. And as my group of empty nesters, I'm an empty nester and I could only just nod my head. So if you guys watch the video, you can see me nodding like, yes, because I was there where Ify was with only two kids, but it doesn't matter. And you look at at how can you preserve yourself, Mm -hmm. your interests and not be what I call eaten alive by the family and yes. their interests and a lot of uh, women in my community feel that they, they haven't dug out of this they have never made this a priority like you said I'm going mountain biking I'm like yeah girl you go and they were like now what do I do what, what how do I find my interest how do I ignite my spark yes. how do I move forward from this so it's anybody who is listening that isn't emptiness or listen to what if he has started to do and has, you know, she's showing her daughters, a great role model going forward that as women, we're not stuck in that role. We're not stuck in the job and the motherhood, but we can, we choose to live Mm -hmm. the way we want to.
1: Absolutely. And I will say that Sometimes you just have to try something to know if you even like it. And we can give ourselves permission to try. With mountain biking, I came here, I'm like, what is all this mountain biking nonsense? Like how, <laughs> oh, I got to take a class. I'm going to fall. I had counted myself out. The bikes are so expensive. But you can rent a bike or you can borrow a bike or you, and you can go to a fundamental class and see if you like it and if it's scary or if it's exhilarating or how you feel about it and then make the decision about whether you wanna try it again or not, right? Absolutely. I really am also a big fan of, of, for those of you who might feel a creative rut, like going to museums to me is a really great way of unlocking possibilities in your mind. Some of you might listen and connect to that. Others might be like, what nonsense. But those who are hearing that, go visit a museum. I mean, honestly, it can spark so much creativity, especially when you read the blurbs about the art and how it was created or what the artist intended and sit in those spaces. For me, it unlocks something. And if it's not a museum, it might be that you should immerse yourself more in nature. But whatever that, or music, go to a nice symphony and listen to an orchestra or listen to a cellist play whatever that is just really allow yourself to try it and see what it does and maybe even document the feeling
0: <laughs> that's very good because i mean you don't know until you try
1: mm-hmm.
0: even if it sounds outlandish or like you said too expensive and scary and oh my god i may fall it's worth a try because you can in the middle if you don't like it you can always walk away and say I, that's not i for tried me. it but it wasn't uh, for me yes Yep. I mean, we just did something recently. We went to Hawaii. Ooh. And uh I see all these surfers out there. And I said to my husband, Oh, maybe we should go surfing. And he's like, nah, we're triathletes, you know, we're swimming and we're fine. We don't do that. Then my girlfriend, who was at the time in Morocco, she posts a picture on Instagram with a surfboard. And I'm like, What? You're learning how to surf? And she's like, Yeah. And I said, I'm gonna learn how to surf. My husband was was looking at me and said, what? If you're going, I'm going too. We had so much fun.
1: I bet you did.
0: We took a second lesson.
1: (laughs) Now I've put that on my list that when I go, I'm going to take a surf lesson. I kept thinking, what if my arm gets eaten by a shark? But what are the odds? You know what I mean? Who says that, (laughs) you (laughs) know? But that's how I think. I'm like, what, if, what about if a shark picks my arm off? <laughs> oh,
0: goodness. Well, your arms will feel so sore after the first time. That's what at least what we felt from all the paddling that the next day we're like, I can't move my arm. How about you? Oh, no, this is really painful today. We need a rest day. Exactly.
1: Exactly. <laughs> But that's okay too. At least you tried and then your husband ended up trying something he had no intention of trying just because you saw somebody else try and decided you wanted to try. Yep. It's infectious. It
0: sure is.
1: And which is why we should share these things more. I I've, I've recently started sharing more of my personal life on on the social media and not wanting to be so buttoned up as a lawyer, but just saying I did this this evening or you know, we also kind of plant a lot of things in our backyard and look what we grew this week and that has been such a great response really just hearing people say oh my gosh you it's not just you need an estate plan you need an estate plan you know what i mean i'm not a robot i'm a whole person outside and and that hopefully is unlocking things in people and inspiring them too
0: yeah i agree so what would be uh maybe three steps when somebody wants to plan their estate what they should start with
1: I think that the first step is just coming to the decision that you want to do it. Because I think you can hem and haw for years and have it on the bottom of your to-do list and just keep kicking it off, right? So first, decide that you're going to, because nobody wants to chase you around to get all the things. So you have to have that intentionality. Next, start interviewing estate planning attorneys. A lot of them will do... uh, complimentary consultations or a nominal fee that maybe they apply to the estate plan if you decide to go forward or just a fee that you pay for their time and talk to them about your family really make sure that they understand what you have fears about and what you're hoping to accomplish and that they are able to tell you what this process will entail and the results that you could expect and then the third thing to do after that is to communicate you know pick one right if you Find when you like, work with them, and then communicate with all the key people that you have as your executor or personal representative in your will, or as someone as a trustee in your trust, or your kids if they are adults and they are going to be your financial agents or medical agents, tell them. Make sure they're okay with it. And then tell other people who are affected by your decision so that they're not caught unawares and they're. I didn't know that mom picked me. Why didn't she pick this sister? Now this sister's upset. Talk and mm-hmm. let people know you did it and let them know why you did it and why they should do it as well. So we can really start an avalanche of people making this, just like getting health insurance and keeping that up and getting car insurance and keeping that up estate planning should be the same thing it's not a one and done you will have to update it as your estate changes and your kids mature you get divorced or married or someone passes away those are all times to review it so those are my three things decide you want to do it interview and hire someone and then communicate it to your loved ones and key people
0: super great tips i can just only go yes yes yes
1: (laughs) because my kids were like did you do
0: it mom i'm like yeah you're doing this and you're doing that and you get this much money and you get this much money and and yes, whatever it is. And then like you said, so they, at least they know, and they were so relieved when I told them that we had taken care of that. Yeah, like, bingo.
1: Yes. It's very relief giving. That's one thing in my market research, I've been doing all these calls that people say, when I do this, I know I'll feel relieved. I'll feel prepared. I'll feel, um, peace, These are the kinds of words that come up knowing that my family's taken care of knowing that i've gotten my ducks in a row that's what it does It takes that nagging back of your mind feeling away Mm
0: -hmm, mm
1: -hmm. now final
0: question how can people connect with you and reach out to you if they just want to connect with you because you're such a cool woman oh or or because they want to have some uh, want some information on estate planning
1: Well, the one of the best ways to reach out to me, and I think I'm most active on Instagram, and my handle is Iffy Ibeque, E-S-Q, like Esquire. And that's where I share a lot of my thoughts, and you can connect with me that way. If you are in Texas and looking for an estate plan, you can book a consultation at willsintexas.com. That's my website. And other than that, you can find me. Um, if you Google my name, I'll come up. I've been in enough places now. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we leave all the links in the show notes so you don't scratch your head on how the heck do you spell this? And so it will all be in the show notes. Super easy for you to reach out. And I want to say, thank you so much for coming on the show today, Iffy. And it was wonderful for me to reconnect after Summer camp.
1: I know. Thank you so much for having me and just the joy that you exude. And just the, it, I want to say it in French, but I won't, but your joy for life is very infectious.
0: Oh, thank you so much. That means a lot to me. You're welcome. So listen up, guys. If you or when you listen to this interview, we also have a video. So if you want to see if you live, you can do that to almost live. But what we want from you is to actually really reach out to us, not just, oh, maybe yes, maybe no. Listen to this. Tell us what you liked about this episode. Tell us how this conversation may have helped you take the next step. Tell us that you just want to connect with us because we're such cool women. Whoa. And let us know how this episode may have helped you in any which way or any questions you may have. You can reach Iffy on her handles as you will uh, find out in the show notes. And you know, you can reach me on Instagram at Heike Yeats and Pursue Your Spark and Heike Yeats, Pursue Your Spark on Facebook or like Ify, I'm all over social media, but we communicate a lot on Instagram and Facebook. So reach out. And with that, my friends, Have the most wonderful day and I'll see you next time on the Pursue Your Spark podcast. Ciao!